Hi there, I'm Caroline, a recent college grad and your new personal cheerleader. The She Believe podcast is our time to chat as friends and dig deep into the real stuff. I'm here to let you know someone's in your corner and share truth that will help you become more fully who God has created you to be. Thanks for joining the conversation. You are always welcome. Joining me on the podcast today is McLean, a 22-year-old college graduate from Indiana University, an ENFP, creative, and full-time focused missionary in South Dakota. You may know McLean best from her blog, A Catholic Convo, where she so generously shares her heart through her words and photography, striving to live a life worthy of sainthood. McLean, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Yes, I'm so excited, Caroline. Oh, McLean, okay, do you remember the first time we met? I just love this story. Would you mind sharing it? Yes, absolutely. Um, so Caroline and I met over Instagram, and um, we had both just started our <laughs> Catholic blogs, and we didn't really know that this huge community existed. Um, but we became very quick friends and figured out that we had um, a very good friend in common. And so we met up in, was it Carmel or just yes. outside of Indy? Yeah. yeah. Um, for coffee, just to kind of meet each other and like get to know each other. Complete and, strangers. Uh, exactly. And we ended up staying at Soho, I think the coffee shop mm-hmm. was, um, for about four hours. <laughs> <laughs> And it was so joyful to just get to know you and um, know that there was someone else breaking into what we saw as the new evangelization in the Catholic Church, which was Instagram and blogging. And it was just so cool. Yeah, I remember, McLean, you were like one of the very first people that I met that I was like, this girl actually understands everything that I like. Like she's into the exact same things. Like I just remember coming across your page and seeing we had a mutual friend and then knowing you're from Indiana. I was like, what this cool girl from Indiana, no one's ever from Indiana. And then just like, yeah, having the chance to meet up. I just like felt we were instantly friends. Like, do you guys ever meet those people? And you're like, okay, I'll tell them my whole life story, even though we're meeting for the first time. Um, exactly. Yeah. And really since then, like, we've just been so grateful to have our lives intersect in so many like little random ways. And sometimes we go long amounts of times without seeing each other, but somehow Jesus always seems to bring us back together. Absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like everyone kind of has those friendships and, um, yeah, I just, it's so joyful to be able to have you in Indiana, my home, as I'm so far away in South Dakota. But um, yeah, you, uh, you're you like one of my OG Instagram girls. <laughs> we just like, we know what is going on. And at the same time, we have no idea. So it's great. Amen. This is not the truth. We all kind of know. We think we have an idea. But just when we feel that way, it kind of turns upside down. Yep. Well, McLean, I'm really grateful to have you on today as we talk about suffering with a purpose. And I know this really is not an easy conversation for anyone, um, but McLean, thank you for generously agreeing to just dive into how we can find beauty in the darkest places. And not only like how do we deal with suffering for ourselves, but how do we invite other people into that? How do we help other people amidst great suffering? So 
as we begin, I really want to just dive into what your thoughts are on suffering as a whole. Like, what counts as suffering? Do you think there's only like certain circumstances that fit into this category? What has been your experience with suffering? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I was an education major, so I looked up the definition of suffering <laughs> I on love Wikipedia. That. Like a good teacher. Um, Exactly, yes. And it basically said that um, suffering is an experience of unpleasantness caused by harm or the anticipation of harm. And so the opposite of suffering is going to be pleasure or happiness. Mm. Um, so the opposite of what is pleasing and what makes us joyful. Um, and so, yeah, suffering has been very present in my life, um, my whole life, but uh, is very much at the front of my heart right now in this season um, for a couple personal reasons. But it's just something that I have always been afraid of, something that no one likes um, as a culture. I think that we run from suffering and um, we don't want others to suffer, um, which is good. We should have that mercy in our heart. But we also don't want to suffer or to be uncomfortable. Um, but as I think we're going to get into, suffering it can be a huge, huge gift. I love that you shared the definition because I actually looked it up myself too. So I was like, what does the world like say, like categorize suffering as? Because it does cover such a wide range of topics. Like I think of just looking at suffering in my own life of like loss of friendships or romantic relationships or like family members passing away or even like I think for me I was someone that never really felt like I could identify like true suffering in my life like I have like praise God I've never really experienced like true tragedy um but like stepping back and taking suffering as like yeah what's opposite of like what's pleasurable of like <laughs> oh I could name like so many things that fit into that category right. um and so I love that you mentioned too the importance of like yeah, naming suffering and wanting to take that away from other people. But why is it important to name suffering in our life and to like really acknowledge it? I'd love to just dive in, dive into there of like, why is it good for us to even suffer in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think with everything that we talk about, the perfect and holy model for all of this is going to be Jesus Christ. Um, and luckily he gave us um, God the Father gave us Mary to also be a model for suffering. They were able to suffer together at the same time in very different ways. Um, I think the first thing we think of with um, Jesus' suffering might be his physical suffering, mm. which is something that um, we can also go through. Um, and then, of course, we see Mary's mental, emotional suffering and not that Jesus didn't have that, but um, they really, as a team and as a mother and a son, can encapsulate every form of suffering that we can go through. Um, and in the way that we are able to name suffering, Jesus named his own. Um, and it was able to be the redemption for everything that we have and um yeah, can bring a lot of light. But when we give a name to it, just as Jesus did on the cross, that is the moment when we're able to bring it up to people. And that's how we're able to relate it 
with others because um, suffering is not meant to be individual or just on our own. Even Jesus suffered with his best friends, with the apostles, um, and then in his passion and crucifixion with others, with Mary. Um, yeah, and, and it can be an opportunity to really bring others together, but the emphasis is on can be. That's the hard part. Mm. Yes, I think really we could end the podcast right there. Like, <laughs> what is the purpose of suffering to like invite other people in? Um, and I think often like the temptation is to like push people away in midst of suffering. Like, I don't want to be a burden on other mm-hmm. people. They don't have to deal with right. these things. Like, this is my problem. This is my hurt. But like, why mm-hmm. should we invite other people in? And more so like, how do we do that? How do we go about like acknowledging the suffering in our lives to a point that we feel comfortable of like, bringing that, bringing other people into that while not feeling like we're a burden. Yeah. Um, If we look at the agony in the garden, Jesus invited Peter, James, and John to come with him and pray in um, a moment where when we speak about the definition of suffering, um, it can also be the anticipation of harm, not just his crucifixion, but in the moment when Jesus was, Um, knowing all that he was going to go through. And so he invited men to come with him um, and, yeah, invited them in to join in that cross that was really a precursor for the next cross and the next actual cross of his crucifixion um, because we were made for community. And so if God himself is going to ask others to stay awake with him, to keep watch in his pain and his suffering, um, why can we not, if Jesus took on our burdens to in order to suffer for us, um, why would we ever not want someone to join us in our cross? We can think, too, of um, Simon, who helped Jesus carry the cross in, um, in God's mystery of humility and perfection, he asked a man to help him carry um, all of his suffering. And so I think if Jesus is our model, we need to ask others to help us. Mm, I love that. The agony in the garden really kept coming to mind for me too. Um, And just that we were made for relationship. And I think back to my own life and the times when my friends are suffering or my family is suffering And what a gift it is to me to be welcomed into that. Like it's such an intimate place. Mm. And yeah, it's really, really joyful to like share in those really exciting times. But there's something so special and intimate about being brought into like some of those darkest places of someone's life and knowing that like you don't have to know all the answers. Like they're not inviting you in because they know that you can fix it, but they're inviting you in because they love you and because they know that you love them and like yeah, I just think of like what a gift it is to just be welcomed into that. Absolutely, yeah. I I think of um, the fact that when one part of the body of our church suffers, we all suffer. So if you look at examples of suffering, um, we were just talking about the passion and crucifixion of our Lord. But if you look at um, funerals, which has been present in my life currently um, with one of my family members passing. If you look at that situation, 
um, people come together. They desire to support you. Um, so when I am crying, when I am grieving, others desire to um, cook for me or to hand me tissue or to hug me or to give me words of encouragement. Um, and I don't think that people's first inclination is to say, I don't want you to feel burdened by doing that. Like, what? No, I, <laughs> I need you to support me and I need you to um, hold me because I am weak and I am suffering. And frankly, I can see Jesus in the way that you are um, putting yourself out of convenience for my sake. Um, if you look at the loss of a relationship as well, whether that's a friendship or a romantic relationship, um, more often than not, you are um, speaking with those you know um, who love you in order to lean on them, to um, be consoled by them, to um, have them kind of speak words into your heart of truth, not because you want to burden them and throw a cross on them, but because you're saying, I need help and I need support because in my littleness, I just suffer on my own. If my God um, needed someone to help him carry the cross, of course, he doesn't need any of us, but he chose to have someone walk with him under that yoke of the cross. If he desires that, I, I desire that as well, um, which can take humility, but also it's just <laughs> very real that we need other people with us. Yeah. Absolutely. It's very humbling, I would say, to just allow people to see that mm -hmm. side of you. Um, I think the temptation is to always kind of seem like we have things together, that we can do it on our own, that like we don't need anyone else. But I love that you keep drawing us back to this image of Jesus carrying the cross and that like if our God receives help from other people, then like what a model of like, yeah, we too cannot carry these things on our own. And like he's not asking us to in any sense of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I Now I'm thinking two of the stations of the cross and um, when Veronica wipes Jesus's face in the same way that um, someone might hand me a tissue mm -hmm. or wipe my tears. Um, yeah, Jesus received that help um, and he wasn't upset saying, oh, I don't want this burden to be on you. I don't want you to um, be seen around me or to feel like you have to do something for me. Um, he was able to just receive it and recognize its love. So I think in times of suffering, so we're talking a lot about relating our suffering to Jesus, to God, but I think often the temptation is to pull away from God. And I think we see a lot of times that like, it's easy to put the blame on him and say like, yeah, if God exists, why would he ever let this happen? Um, and I know I've been asked that question many times and I kind of freeze in that moment because it's like, yeah, how do we respond to others and how do we answer these questions even for ourselves sometimes when we're amidst great suffering? So how do you respond to those people um, or how maybe have you had to try to answer these questions within yourself? Yeah, that is a great question and one that has come up in my heart and the hearts of those that I love very dearly. Um, very often. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say 
in my humility, I have been recently looking to the catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, it's part of my reading plan as a missionary, but um, I never utilized it as a resource, really, as um, a student. And um, in the church, in her knowledge, um, this is from paragraph 1521, um, it says, Suffering a consequence of original sin acquires a new meaning. It becomes participation in spaces. Um, and so if we look at original sin, we can recognize that God permits suffering and that he um, allows us to suffer. This is a great deep mystery that mm. um, we might not ever fully grasp until we are on the other side of heaven. However, if he allowed um, his only beloved son to suffer, um, we should be wanting and okay for that to be our reality as well. Um, and so I would say that, um, yeah, suffering is there in order to be redemptive. It has the ability to redeem things. Um, I was taught in high school. I will never forget one of my theology teachers saying that suffering is redemptive. Again, looking at the crucifixion of our Lord, um, that action and that suffering brought about, about the most redemption in all of human history. And so if we allow it to, suffering can redeem things. Um, if we look at different examples of suffering in the past, we can see that there can be light that comes from it. Um, and if I think personally, there have been moments of heartbreak and moments of um, a lot of grieving that has joined me closer in dependence to God himself. Um, if I do not know suffering, I do not know joy because I cannot experience a full high of joy if I don't know what a low feels like. Um, and God desires to draw near to us, especially in those moments. Yeah, and I think often we don't see the fruits of our suffering until much later on, or even at all. Um, and even thinking of Mary waiting at the cross, like, yeah, Jesus had promised, um, like, the gift of eternal life, but it's so easy to lose hope in the midst of that suffering. I can't even imagine what she was thinking, like looking up at the cross and then having to wait for her son to rise. Um, have you experienced like some of those fruits? Have you been able to see like firsthand the fruits of your suffering? And if you can, like, can you recall any of that? Yeah. Um, I, I'm thinking right now actually of my mission trip that I went on my junior year and this is an example of physical suffering, um, which I'm not as familiar with as I am with emotional um, suffering. But I was miserable. We were in <laughs> Ecuador, and I was just very humbled by how physically weak I was um, strength-wise, but also just 
how much I had surrounded myself with comfort, whether that was from air conditioning or surrounding food or surrounding, um, yeah, really a lot of things, just a day-to-day routine that I desired and I wanted in order to um, bypass any suffering. Um, And I remember sitting in the chapel that we were rebuilding and um, my hands and my feet were completely swollen. Um, They looked like they were blown up. And um, I remember yelling at God in my head. There was this crucifix on the wall um, of this chapel that was falling apart, that we were in the process of rebuilding. And um, I just remember telling Jesus, I do, I do not want to be uncomfortable like this. I don't want to suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, I am doing so much back home in the States. Why do you need this of me? Someone else could have come and could have done this that um, is more capable of going through the suffering. We took an IU group with um, a group of students from Texas, and they were all very much okay with the weather in Ecuador. Um, so Texas, I appreciate you and <laughs> I look up to you for that. But um, yeah, I in that moment, I was staring at the crucifix and um, I just want to say praise God for um, the beauty of the Catholic Church of um, having our Lord on the cross um, because I'm able to look at his face to look at the reality of what happened. Um, And there were men outside working on the chapel, um, nailing something into the wall um, on the other side, on the outside of the chapel. And um, yeah, Jesus very gently reminded me that um, there is no resurrection if there is no crucifixion. And so my... I I cannot resurrect until I suffer. And um, that was a big fruit. I continued to um, physically suffer and be uncomfortable. But um, I would say another way that I didn't see fruit was that we did not finish um, that chapel while we were there. And so all of this work, um, picking up rocks, well, I was doing a lot of the sitting out and getting a water break, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> but love it. everyone else <laughs> everyone else using the wheelbarrows and um, bringing tile in and doing all this stuff. Um, we didn't get to see the final fruit. We had to celebrate mass outside of the chapel for our last mass because it wasn't done. And um, being able to suffer for Um, the locals that we were building this chapel for um, and not be there to see the physical fruit of the chapel being done was um, connected my suffering to God's greater plan. Um, And so, yeah, even if we don't see that fruit immediately um, or even in this life, all suffering, um, can contribute to our sanctification. Amen. And I think it's such a, yeah, I love that example you shared because I can just picture you outside in the miserable heat, (laughs) just like slaving away. And you're like, 
okay. Like, I don't know. Like, even there, it sometimes seems silly. Like, I should not, like, I shouldn't be complaining about this. Or, like, it's so easy, I think, to dismiss our suffering and say, like, there's so many people that have it worse. Or X, Y, and Z. Like, I, yeah, just need to be grateful for this. But I love that you recognized it and was like, okay, like, this is miserable for me. And it's harder for me than it is for the other people beside me. But you really shifted that focus from yourself towards others during that time of suffering and even towards Christ, therefore making like finding the purpose in the suffering. And yeah, maybe you didn't get to see the fulfillment of that chapel. And like, maybe it didn't seem like the work you were doing was like maybe as important as like other mission trips you've heard other people go on. Or maybe like you said, like you were doing purposeful work back in the States. Um, But even how God just like wants to even bring the smallest lessons, like yeah, I just think it was just like even like the simplest thing of like being more grateful for air conditioning or weather in Indiana or the seasons, yes. like all of those simple things that like when we shift that focus from inward to outward that like God just wants to reveal so much to us. Mm. Yeah, I I loved what you said about um, belittling ourselves and our suffering. Um, Satan loves to um, make us feel insignificant and as though our crosses um are not worthy of being crosses or that um no one else is suffering in this way so how dare you complain about this or suffer from this um but yeah the lord has never told me that um my suffering is insignificant and um in fact he has a personal relationship with all of us that is going to be different. And um, I think that it's beautiful to, um, when you were also saying that, um, like having hope in suffering is something that I have always thought about. Um, I listened to this video a couple years ago. I forget who it's by, but um, she was talking, the speaker, about having hope in seasons of suffering and how um, as Christians and as Catholics, we love to say like, yeah, I'm going through a lot, but um, it's totally fine. And mm, God yes. is so good and it's okay. Um, but if we're denying our actual feelings, we're denying the home that Jesus belongs in. And if we are denying our heart, um, that is not healthy. Um, Mary grieved, Jesus grieved. If we look at the agony in the garden again, um, as Jesus is the perfect image, he asked his father, um, if there's any other way for this to happen, please, not in a moment of weakness, but in a moment of saying, like, I need you so badly, Father, and um, I'm suffering right now. And so just being completely honest and genuine in suffering, I think, is so important. And um, joining in people, joining with people in that and not just saying, like, it, I mean, it will get better, you know, but it's that difficult balance of, um, being present to your heart and being present to the way that God wants to grieve with you and he wants to cry with you. And um, yeah, your weakness is 
um, not a setback, but a way that he wants to draw near to you. Mm, yeah, just that line being present. Um, uh, yeah, to find purpose in the suffering, like we have to experience it. Like we can't just like push it mm-hmm. aside, not acknowledge it, but not belittle it. Like we have to acknowledge exactly what it is for what it is because yeah, it's not only for us, like it is for other people. And I remember in spiritual direction once, um, I was just sharing with a sister about how I felt like I really had a hard time relating with people because I hadn't experienced any like true tragedy, hadn't gone Mm. at this point, hadn't really gone through any like dramatic relationships where I had like awful breakups or yeah, had lost some friendships or lost dreams, but just like really belittled them. And so I was really expressing to her that I just was like, yeah, I feel like I can't relate to other people. Um, And I felt like this Mm. kept a barrier between me and some of my friendships or even some of the people that I was ministering to because I was like, I'm not worthy of like stepping into these people's lives. But I think a lot of it is what she came to help me realize was that I wasn't being present to like the own sufferings in my own life, no matter like how small they were. And I think something she shared with me was like, Carolyn, if you were to experience every like suffering that everyone else went through, like your heart would just break. Like you could not go through that. And like yeah. you don't need to go through that to be able to walk alongside people. Um, and I think, yeah, that was so eye opening for me because, yeah, maybe I have never lost um, like a family member. But that doesn't mean that like mm. I haven't experienced loss in other ways that like my heart can't be empathetic for those in my life that have or that yeah Jesus doesn't want to use me to speak his words of like healing and comfort and so I think it's so important that like to make purpose of our suffering is that like we have to be present to it and that we have to allow Jesus to use it um, not only to like bring us healing and comfort but to bring that to the people beside us right yeah that's beautiful and so good for um, any of you listeners who feel like your suffering is not big enough or have um, this weird feeling of wanting or feeling maybe less Christian or less close to the Lord because of a lack of suffering. Um, That is also something that um, I know the Lord would not say to you. And so being able to recognize um, those lies and say that, um, my life is enough as it is and as God has given it to me so far. And um, I will welcome whatever he wants for me um, and whatever he allows to happen. But I am not less than because of my experience versus someone else. So that is very beautiful and good for you to mention, Caroline. Yeah, thank you for saying that because I needed someone to tell me that years ago. Um <laughs> And so I'm so glad that you're saying that now. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice about, what about for the girl that maybe feels like the pain or suffering that she's experiencing will never end? Like where, where can we turn to hope? Like where, what resources maybe have you um, experienced in your own life that have helped you? Maybe prayers, maybe, um, yeah. Just what advice would you have for the girl that feels like it's never going to end? Yeah. um, What has really helped me is to not run away. Um, I have always been very afraid of suffering, but 
um, luckily the Lord has invited me into it recently. And so, um, I often pray with the Lord's passion, like I was talking about before, um, that is his greatest moment of suffering. And so when I am suffering, I want to join in that and relate to him in that. And so, um, something that has really helped me, um, Thank the Lord for a beautiful mother. Um, shout out to Mary. Shout out Mary. Uh, praying, the ro- <laughs> praying the rosary has been so lovely, especially on um, Tuesdays and Fridays on Miracle Mysteries. But you can pray those any day at any time um, to take time to meditate on what Christ is going through and to know that he wants you to be there through it. And that he is there through your passion. Whatever your suffering is, he is there ready to um, wipe your face from the blood coming from your crown of thorns to help carry your cross as you're falling, um, to be there with you um, at your feet while you're on the cross. He wants to join in all of those parts because he knows them so intimately that he wants to be there with you. And so um, that has really helped me. I've actually felt um, his passion just hit really hard when I'm praying the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. Um, but yeah, that I'd say that that is my best resource. And I'd say a resource that um, I would look out for is um, social media. You and I know social media very well, Caroline, and um, we know the pros, we know the cons as well. And so um, there have been moments um, as I've gone through breakups in relationships or, um, yeah, suffering in friendships and not feeling worthy and not feeling loved, where um, that is what I go to. And I cannot grieve through... um, a platform like social media, I need to be at the foot of my savior. And so, um, making sure that you are going to him first, um, going on the people that you have in your life, um, in order to see Jesus working through them is beautiful. I think that, um, we can be vulnerable and we can share in suffering on social media as um, you and I have done and we've also witnessed. However, um, that should never be our first step. Our first step should be to be held by Jesus. I love that you brought that up because I think, yeah, the temptation would be like, okay, I'm supposed to share my suffering with other people. Okay, I'll just share that on social media. And I've yeah, I'm a part of some Facebook groups where people share some very heavy things and sometimes like I'm just like, why? Like, maybe this is not the place to do this because I don't know you. And like, yes, like, thank you for asking for my prayers. Like, I will pray for you. But it almost seems like there's, yeah, there needs to be a line. There needs to be a boundary there of, yeah, what we're sharing with other people. And so I think making sure that we have people in our lives that we know we can love and trust and turn to during times of suffering And that we're not just putting things on social media for quick validation or for people to, yeah, just make us feel better, like really kind of band-aid the problem that's there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I think in the in the same way. So this is something that I went through as a college student, and um, I think a lot of women go through is um, using social media to also run from suffering, and so mm. not just sharing about it imprudently, but um, say you just broke up with um, your boyfriend. And, um, yeah, I just, I feel as though we're in a culture that says you have, you need to start sharing about what is going well in your life. To prove a Um, point. You need to, exactly. You need to post pictures about you having fun. We're going to get a great picture of you looking beautiful and happy (laughs) and, um, fully and like all of this stuff so that, um, they know that you're okay and so that like people can see that you are not suffering you're strong you uh, yeah you're not weak you don't need this person all this stuff and it's like what the heck is going on (laughs) like (laughs) this this is not um how we deal with suffering any loss should be difficult and um when social media is simply um a highlight reel it uh can really dehumanize what we're going through and really take us out of um, what we're doing. And so, yeah, ladies, just be um, cautious and take the time that you need to grieve a loss. It doesn't matter what kind of loss or what kind of suffering it is. Um, God wants that time with you and he wants you to be present in that like we've been talking about. Absolutely. McLean, it is just so obvious that God is working in mid-suffering in your own life and that, yeah, like praise God that the fruits that I think that we are bearing is like you being able to recognize that and being able to share that with us. So I just thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your tips and yeah, how we bring purpose into our suffering today. Of course. Yeah. I just want to put a disclaimer that um, I'm able to speak fully to this which of course is not of my knowledge but of God's um and the Holy Spirit speaking through us right now but um yeah this is a period where I'm able to talk through it but um there have been many many moments of um weeping by myself in my room or um something coming back up in my heart um, while I'm with my team of missionaries or, um, yeah, things hit at different points and um, we cannot lose faith or hope in those moments because it's not that God has abandoned us. It is just that, um, yeah, certain instances and memories can bring up what we maybe thought um, has been put aside and can really invite us to deeper healing from our suffering, I think. Mm, I think that's a good point to recognize that there are always going to be seasons and that it's not like a one and done type of thing. Like like you said, like these things are going to come back up. But I think what's so beautiful to remember is like there is hope in the resurrection and to really just like round out our whole conversation of like, going back to the agony in the garden, the crucifixion, like the story does not end there. Like Jesus fulfills his promise to us and like we have the gift of eternal life. And so 
McLean, I end every podcast with one question that kind of goes back to the title of the podcast. Um, but I think this relates so beautifully to what we are talking about today with suffering. But what is one promise that you believe the Lord has fulfilled in your life? Oh, gosh, that is such a good question. And I love that you ask that. Um, I would say it's kind of twofold um, that I am not abandoned mm. um, and that all of us, we are not abandoned. We never will be um, by the Lord. It is impossible because he is goodness and love incarnate. And so um, he has always fulfilled that promise. Whether or not I choose to believe it, it is the truth. Um, And so, yeah, the second part of that promise is that I am a beloved daughter of God. My missionaries um, have always helped me to remember that. And um, I will spend every day trying to help women know that. Um, yeah, that is my promise. Can I ask you the same question? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can. You're the first to ask. (laughs) Um, Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, really is just the fulfillment. I think of, yeah, relationships in my life and community. Um, that was always really a sore spot for me growing up. It was just feeling like mm. I didn't have good women in my corner. Um, I was really blessed with a lot of sisters and a wonderful mother, but just with women my own age that were pursuing some of the same things that I was just like holiness and good and holy friendships. And so, yeah, over the years, I have just seen the fruits of that. And I'm just so blessed with great community both online, like how crazy is it that you and I have become friends through Instagram, um, but even through high school and college. And so that really is, yeah, why I included this at the end of each one, because that is what drew me to begin this podcast in the first place. And really my ministry on social media, like you were talking about at the beginning is because I want to be kind of like that connecting point for other women that maybe maybe are struggling with a similar thing that don't know where to turn for community, don't know how to approach that, um, but maybe just giving them some advice and encouragement of how they can go out and seek that for themselves. Yeah, that's so beautiful, Caroline. Thank you for asking. That's so sweet. Of course. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> You're wow. so welcome. Well, McLean, it has been an absolute, pre- absolute pleasure. And I would just love for you to share where these women can find you if they want to follow along with you more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I am mostly on Instagram. So if you go to Instagram, my handle is a Catholic combo. Um, That's kind of where I share all of my stuff and get to connect the most with all of you. Um, You can also find me on Focus's website, um, focus.org. You can find a missionary um, and type in my name, McLean Capshew. So, um, yeah, thank you again so much, Caroline, for having me on here. And I am so excited to see where God takes your ministry. And I am just so proud to be alongside you and to cheer you on while you go there. Mm, Likewise, it is a gift. (laughs) Absolutely. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode If this episode has blessed you, please reach out to McLean and I on social media and please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. We would love to hear more from you. Also, maybe if you have a friend in your life that you think would benefit from hearing this message, feel free to share this with them 
or take a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media because we would love to hear what has blessed you. So thank you again for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye.